Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rebel Pastor. My name is Joseph Allen and once again I'm here with Andrew Allen. Good to be here. I, it's, I almost said it's exciting again. <laughs> oh man. But what I meant to say is I really hope and I I think it's appropriate this time like mm-hmm. to say I hope to God okay that hope to God I have figured out the audio oh, okay after yes. two weeks in a row of either one me not having any audio <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and you sounding just totally fine well I like that <laughs> I'm sure you do and then the second time me blowing out my mic and yeah, again you man. just sounding totally know you fine were so loud you're just gosh. <sighs> We were getting pretty, you know, worked up in the last episode. So. I, I think I, like, knew that you were going to start asking me questions. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I got to make sure to destroy the audio somehow. I, I wondered about yeah. that, actually. At first, I thought you were joking when you texted me <laughs> no. that you blew your microphone out. But Ugh. it's all right. There'll be plenty more questions for you along the way. And I hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> the audio will be fixed now. Uh-huh. I think so. Uh, I think, yeah. I think you got it. I, I would assume so. You, you know, it. after seven episodes, this eighth episode's new beginning. That's new, true. Oh, pulling out just, numbers. Yeah. Hey, you know I'm a big number guy. The, I know you are, yes. Um, I have a question. Okay. That just wow. kind of immediately, immediately made me think of this. Okay. Um, Kind of going back to the number thing. Oh, okay. And I'm, I think... I know you're always trying to get it back to the numbers. I think I'm a number guy. I, yeah, I think you might be. I think I'm I a number guy. That. Just in general, in the world, I think I like numbers. Yeah, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't feel like last time when we talked about numbers, you, you had that same... <laughs> I just don't think there's anything necessarily spiritual about them. Yeah. But... And I, I think I, I, I more agree. have my suspicious numbers. Mm. Like I like you know, I love the number twenty three because that was Michael Jordan's number, mm-hmm. and I love twenty two because that was Will Clark's number, and uh, <laughs> like all of it relates to sports. Yeah, to me. Mm. yeah. I I don't really think spiritually as well, but I do think like as humans we've made number like cool things attached to numbers. That's true. Yeah, and so I think I like that. Okay, but what that I was gonna sense. say. Okay, um, is. I was kind of thinking the other day, mm-hmm. a few days ago, mm-hmm. um, about when people are like pastors, the head pastors. Mm-hmm. And I know this is something that we did a lot in Africa. And I know we did this uh, back way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, but when there's like a direction for the year. Oh, man. <laughs> and yeah. so this was getting me thinking. <laughs> okay. Because I know we've talked about we we talked about that in one of the is your pastor prick episode of like does your does your pastor force you to follow their, their vision their mm-hmm. vision or direction mm-hmm. so my my question to you yes. is have you ever felt like cuz obviously i'm sure like cuz i think of it as like people go stay in a hotel for a while just you know be by themselves and then come mm-hmm. back with you know the this is this is what I feel like God's speaking. Mm-hmm. Have you ever come close to thinking <laughs> or feeling anything that you said was like this could direct the year? or like have you been like I feel like this could be a direction that's going to be in the church for a long time? Um, a long time, yes, but mm-hmm. not like I think when we, like when we started the bridge, the church. That I pastored, there were things that I was like, I, I think this is who we, like, maybe you would call it like a characteristic of the church, like long term. So not necessarily like this is um, something for a year or a period of time, but it was like, I, I think that because so many people that were a part of the bridge were people coming out of a different kind of religious experience. So, and hurting and wounded and healing. So I was like, it makes sense that that would be something that kind of marked our church, that we would be a place for people to heal and to, I didn't know it as a word at the time, but like deconstruct their fit. Like now that's what you would call it, but like, you know, question things and be okay being a mess and, that was one of the things at the start of our church was like, you know, if you're if you're barely ever here, if you're whatever, like there's no judgment, just come here, be in the process. And so that's continued to be like a mark of our church, I think. Yeah. 
but I have a, I have obviously a real issue. And Joe and I did not talk about this, so not he's not setting me up um, for something. Although he is setting me up to get myself in trouble, probably. But I I don't like that. I think mm-hmm. actually the numbers is a great lead into it because I I think what happens um, is that it's not really a spiritual principle at all. It's just a human nature principle. And so you see this with like sports teams and at schools and and businesses or whatever. Like it's really easy, just like numbers, that once you focus on something, you're going to see it everywhere. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in my experience, like growing up, it was this, you know, the pastor would kind of go off and it was a little bit like this idea of like Moses going to spend time with God and then he'd come and give this word. And this was like the thing. And uh, it just doesn't, it's usually so easy, right? It's like one word and it's something like, um, this is the year of blessing. Okay. I was really going to be, I was really curious what your, like what your word was going to be, what you were going to choose. Some sort of spiritual Mm -hmm. word usually, or even if it isn't like, but we'll just go with blessing. This is the year of blessing and everybody's, woo, this is, and so then the pastor focuses the church all the time on blessings mm-hmm. through the years, the year, and people start directing their attention to that. It's like, oh my gosh, we're so much more blessed this year. And my take on that would just be, no, you're just focused on that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, yeah. you, you, it's good to be focused on some positive things happening in your life. But how much of that is really God speaking to somebody and then that being something that needs to be a direction for a whole community of people. Yeah. So, well then I I was, I guess even with you using that example made me think of this, which I didn't really before is like, imagine what we could like do if that was just how we operated normally. Like you're saying with Mm. the blessings thing, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're noticing so much more of these, like, Oh my God, Mm. we're getting blessed so much this year. This Mm -hmm. we're so much blessing. Mm -hmm. But if that's just really, if we look at it like a potential normal, like Mm -hmm. how our lives normally are. Yeah. But we get so excited over something like that. Yeah. That's a great point. And really like, shouldn't it just always be Jesus? Like this is the year we should be focused on Jesus. And so, or love, like, but that's a little bit more of a boring word and doesn't look as good on a big sign in your church or whatever. But like, if we were exactly like Mm -hmm. that, we, if we've went through it's really a practice or a meditation of like i'm going to practice this thing whatever it is and practice looking for it practice doing it practice being aware of it practice like yes you're gonna absolutely like i could get up it's a so in churches it's a marketing ploy in a sense Mm. like it's something used to stir excitement and make people feel like you're this cohesive unit going forth. But in terms of like the pastor really hearing this amazing thing from God. And then that's the thing again, it's just, you're just choosing to focus on something. And when you do that, you're going to see it. And I mean, it's why people believe in like the self manifestation stuff. Like it's, it's, there's aspects of that that are going to manifest in your life on some ways. Yeah. But there's a lot of places that aren't churches that are doing the exact Exact same same thing. thing, gyms and, like I said, schools and sports teams. That's always like, this is the year of, I think my daughter's school team, which is awesome. Like their their year for them is dedication, you know. So <laughs> everything's gonna be about dedication. Mm. But did that <laughs> is that anything that unique? Not if you're gonna be a good, volley, yeah. you know, volleyball player. Mm. Outing your daughter. Yeah. Now no, she's, she's a and it's great. Player. I think yeah. that's a great place for that. And like you said, if we were just more honest about it. I think that's healthy of like, hey, this year, church, like, let's really, we're going to focus in on really focusing on love this year. Like, yeah. everything's going to be about love. And it should, again, it should always be. But <laughs> but there is a practice there of like, hey, we're going to look at all the scripture we look at is going to be about love. We're going to be finding some ways to talk about this in a new way and be more purposeful. Cause that's really what it is. It's about like, I'm going to be more purposeful about whatever this word is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And don't give me, I'm, I don't always want to make pastors sound like the worst people on the face of the earth. Yeah. No, <laughs> they're of course. not. Um, 
they might be close. I don't know what, but no, but I think, and and so I believe that a lot of pastors are believing that this is like I'm getting this word from yeah. God, and that there's maybe not any malicious intent in that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it really isn't about you know manipulating the people, but but even that to me is a again a problem is that that Jesus showed up to get rid of this system where we needed somebody else to go and hear from God about what we need mm. and tell us. And then we do that. Like yeah. we are supposed to be um, engaging with God ourselves. That's the mm. one of the whole points of the gospel. And even if we remember the story of Moses, like that's not what God wanted. God didn't want Moses to be the one just hearing from him and reporting to the people. God wanted relationship with all the people. Yeah. They were too afraid. Mm-hmm. Which I think scarily is a very sim- can be a very similar yeah. thing to the church now too. Absolutely. Um, because if I don't have to, and my pastor tells me this mm-hmm. is what it is and that doesn't happen, then I get easy. to blame my pastor and mm-hmm. I'm off the hook. Yeah, well, blaming and then also like for any rewards that are as well, like your your stake free. Yeah, can be. That's a good point. But I guess leading with that, okay. Also feeling like, cause I mean, I, every single pastor I know has done this. You've done this, you know, our dad, mm-hmm. other pastors in Africa. But like, then do you have or do you think there's a weird? sense or a, a trap if you get into like a series so like because i know there's a lot of times mm. where you pe- like you guys get inspirations mm-hmm. they're like if i try to put this in one week yeah everyone's either gonna like fall asleep because it's gonna be five six hours mm-hmm. <laughs> or i can separate this into chunk yeah yeah but then you know on sundays that can take a few months yeah. or a month definitely um years years so I know like that's not, you know, the same as like I'm declaring this yeah. over. Yeah. But doesn't that kind of have a similar effect as well? Yeah, I think it can for sure. And maybe that's part of the design of mm-hmm. that is like, hey, this is something that I feel like is um, important for our community to understand. Mm. I think it's a little different if you're just preaching through a book of the Bible because mm. it's like, let's, we're diving into this book of the Bible. I'm not coming. I, I love doing series on a book in scripture because then I don't have to come up with something necessarily new every week. Like Mm -hmm. I know where I'm going and it's, it's just out there for a while. Yeah. So that's really nice. Um, cause there is a pressure sometimes of like, you gotta have this something new every single week and Mm -hmm. you just don't. Yeah. (laughs) But I do think like there are some pastors that very, I'm not this way so much. and, And I don't think this is wrong. But there's some pastors that are very planned out, like two or three years in advance, which That's I, crazy. I can't even fathom like doing <laughs> that. Not because I can't plan, but that just to me robs some lo- some life and organicness. Yeah. And um, again, no. who knows? Like, <laughs> we're so funny as humans. Who even knows where your community is going to be in year two of mm. this three year plan that you got? And so one of the things that that's been important to our community is that it's just um, real, you know, and so and able to be interrupted. And so that's one thing that's always been important to, to me. And I think our group of people is like, hey, if we show up on a Sunday and God takes things a total another direction and we don't even get to a message. Great. Mm. Um but if you're so stuck to like, well, no, I have to be at this message on week 32 of this year because then I'll be, but you know, then it's just craziness. That I, I have another question. Okay. Shockingly to hopefully no one at this point. <laughs> you're, you're making up for me putting you on the hot seat. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I really just started this talk wanting to say this is episode eight and that was kind of where that was supposed to go. I love it. But you were just saying like, you know, mm-hmm. you've had those moments where, you know, God interferes and mm-hmm. you're like, we're just going to, I'm not going to preach. I'm going to let this. Yeah. Whatever's happening happen. Have you had an instance where like, that sounds funny to say that was disappointing, but you're like this, <laughs> I really wanted to preach this or talk about this. And like, you had to kind of fight a little bit to be like, 
I gotta let the, I gotta let God do his thing. That's a great question, Joe. I like off the top of my head, I would say no, but I don't think that's probably true. Mm. I think there you there's probably been some times I've been pretty jacked up to share something, you know, like really inspired about it and. Um, I'm sure there's probably been some times where I've even missed like being sensitive to that. Mm. Maybe there was something else that needed to happen this Sunday. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I, that would probably be more true uh, or likely is that in those instances, I probably didn't even pick up that God wanted, you know, so, mm. us to go somewhere else or, yeah, I hope not, but I, I'm thinking that's probably the truth. Um, and there's probably been a few times where I probably took more taps on the shoulder from God for me to be like, <laughs> you sit down and you let something else happen here. Yeah, let me do my thing. Yeah. I, I will say I always love when, you know, it, if something like that is happening at church where you show up and it just feels like God's spirit kind of takes things another way, either that's somebody else is really inspired or maybe you're just praying for people or that's happened in worship sometimes where it's like, you know what? We're just going to mm-hmm. worship this Sunday and that's it. Um, so I always like that because it feels like somebody else is really being activated in those moments. Like yeah. they're really something about their faith is really leading the, the community. And so I, I really like when that happens. So hopefully I'm super sensitive to it, but I'm sure I've, Hey, we, I mean, I would think we all. I'm miss. sure I've been like, yeah, this is definitely what God wants this week, and no, and he, yeah, probably just doesn't. Happen. Yeah, and I just didn't realize that because I was, I, I guess, in my head, I was thinking because I've very much got probably like a micro taste of this mm-hmm. with kind of leading some of the youth group stuff yeah. and co-leading it, mm-hmm. um, but where we have like we planned something and we're like this seems really good mm-hmm. this is set we got it mm-hmm. a few days later time for youth group go mm-hmm. and something else just happens where we don't even get to it yeah and then afterwards i'm like i don't think what we have even applies like <laughs> i don't even think that's worth sharing like next now week. yeah so that's just a lost yeah so i can't imagine like on like a bigger scale yeah. that would be again very exciting mm-hmm. for when like being in the moment but then mm-hmm. afterwards being like well i just lost yeah <laughs> i never feel that way because mm-hmm. i know i get it i'll just you know on on some levels um it's nice because again i'm not one of those pastors that has things planned out for years um so i've basically got a week to mm. prepare that's why i like series because you can get it ahead or whatever yeah um, not that I do get ahead very often, but, um, you can't, you could mm. hypothetically get prepared ahead of the game. <laughs> so I kind of like it when something happens, you know, where, um, maybe I, I don't preach whatever message mm. it is that I feel like I was going to do, or I was prepared to do because it gives me another week to prepare. So I envy people like teachers or or public speakers that get to like hone one mm. message. Yeah. That just is like you know every maybe <laughs> sometimes I'll I'll cycle a message back through cuz I'll be yeah. like I want to preach that again. Mm-hmm. Um you know like 5 years later or something because people only retain about 10% of what you say anyway. So even if I did it earlier than that they're probably And at that point like younger people are yeah, older younger and I just and attention. I there's more that I've seen in the story or whatever. And so I really love that cuz it's like another chance to go deeper into this thing. Yeah. And so really I mean that it's possibly this is a whole nother subject, but maybe that's why on some level, you know, because of COVID and other thing, the whole once a week preach a message kind of thing, maybe changing a, a little mm. bit in the world. And uh, maybe we're getting to a place where it's like, you know, it's not the most important thing for people to hear a pastor preach a message every single week. Being together as a community, seeing other things that happen, having discussions. Sure, yes, teaching's important, but maybe it's not supposed to be the main thing. Mm. And that would give somebody like me more time to prepare 
yeah a message or something that makes well see that's there's <laughs> your problem is you yeah. don't have a bunch of like you know head other pastors so like, yeah to just get everyone ready get everybody and do all the other stuff so then you can just focus on just the preaching. yeah i'm not the... unfortunately i'm not the <laughs> preaching pastor at our at our church i'm just well you're kind the of the every... I'm, yeah <laughs> the janitor the, i set up chairs yeah, yeah, i tear things down <laughs> so yeah there's I have other things that take up my week besides just preparing a message. <laughs> that seems like a you problem. Though, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not playing this game right, apparently. <laughs> well, I get. I don't know if this is also kind of a harder question to ask or to answer, maybe because mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, you've been doing this for a very long time. Yes, but do you have a? like series that you've done or a message that you've done that's kind of stuck out to you they're like this this is really good <laughs> well i'm sure you have that on all but like this kind of, like this changes things well oh man gosh you're asking some deep questions i won't i won't go too much into it because for a lot i mean it's online so you guys could listen to it but one of the some series... of them a lot of them aren't now online anymore oh so oh that's not good <laughs> It's all know. right. I don't know. I can get back up there eventually. Okay. But like your series that you did for a while, that was like about checking your lenses. Yeah. And I think that one stands out pretty good. And yeah. Like really good. But obviously I haven't been around for all yeah. of them. So I don't know if there's like a favorite that you've done. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, one of my favorites, and it's just always been one of my favorite books mm-hmm. of the Bible. Uh, and so I think my favorites are when I, again, like I said, when we're going through a book of the Bible and can really get into it. So um, I early on and I, and I re-preach it again, maybe like 10 years later, um, I preached through the book of judges. Mm. And so I love it because certainly like when I first feel like I, I was getting kind of, a um, my faith was changing and I was kind of seeing, seeing the gospel for the first time, like just the pure gospel for the first time, there was definitely and totally understandable, I I think, why I would go here and why other people would of, like, holy crap, the Old Testament is weird, and I <laughs> just don't want to deal with that at all right now. Like, it's just freaking crazy. Mm. Um, and so I definitely went through that stage of just being like, I'm only, like, I'm just a New Testament guy. I just want to be in the New Testament and... Um, looking at what Paul said and, you know, going through Galatians, which was awesome and still one of my favorite books of the Bible and, you know, just doing that. But then, then I, I really started seeing the gospel in like the old Testament. Mm. And to me, judges is like so, so perfect of that. It also is a book that I loved pre kind of gospel reformation in my life. Okay. For totally different reasons. So the way I preached and saw judges like as a young person, mm-hmm. you know, early teens and early 20s is so different than I saw it in my by my 30s. Wow. And so it's fun to preach because for me judges used to be um, you know, come from like a super charismatic evangelical background. So Judges was big. This idea of like the Na- Samson story of the Nazarite was big, uh, but then all these stories were big about like look at these awesome leaders and look at all these sacrifices they're making and look at their commitment to God and um, you know the Nazarite message was kind of this thing about like you got to separate yourself for God to use you. Um, and so then when I really started getting into Judges, I'm like, what the heck? This this book is just about the messiest just <laughs> failures of humanity. How did we make it about being these like insane people for for Christ? Like they're all failures and the story of Judges is that God just keeps giving them grace and mm-hmm. God keeps working through them and God keeps And so Judges is this beautiful book of to me redemption of like Samson constantly was actually not like uh I say like too much but Samson was I do too definitely not fulfilling his vow the whole story of Samson is just example 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 of Samson not fulfilling his vow and yet God keeps giving him grace 
And mm-hmm. so um, it just became, it's, it's one of my favorite things to look at because it's, it's this insane message of grace. It gives me a chance to share some of my own story from, you know, kind of coming from being like a legalistic Christian to, to seeing God's grace and uh, letting that set me free. It gets into lots of other weird stories that are just fun to look at of, of, (laughs) you know, yeah. I mean, judges has some weird stories, disturbingly (laughs) weird stories in it. Uh, But again, with powerful message messages about grace and, um, I think the true gospel. So mm. that's probably one of my all time favorite, like favorites. Series. Yeah. And, and I, I love, um, the book of Hosea. That uh-huh. book just messes me up. And so I, I for years wanted to do a series on that and just could never find stuff on it. Like, and, and I, I, I mm. finally did like, I can't remember, maybe like, see, I'm just, like 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 you can just edit that out right? i'm not going to now okay yeah you know how, we need a that's like once we get a paid editor then they can do they that can stuff. do that okay <laughs> but once i i finally did it like maybe i, mean, I think i probably took me like 20 years to get to doing something because like, I, I really fell in love with jose in my teens i think okay and so yeah and and it was just it just wrecks me like yeah, i probably I don't cry much, you know that. Yeah, no, you know you, that. But you I probably, I got it was hard to finish that series on numerous messages wow. where I was just so overcome with emotion. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, so that was those are some fun ones. I think the only time I've ever witnessed you cry <laughs> is when we can talk you into like playing video games with us, and you don't <laughs> oh, blink. You just don't God. blink. Yeah. And that's that might be it. When Joe is little, uh, and we've said this before, there's a big age gap between the the two of us. Mm-hmm. And so, and for a while he lived overseas and so we didn't see him a lot. So I'll never forget that you were, you guys were here visiting mm-hmm. and we were playing like, I rock think band. Rock Band yeah. had just come out. We were playing that and I don't play video games a lot. And so, yeah, I, I never <laughs> guessed learned to blink while I play video games. But you're also a huge music guy. Yes. Huge. So I loved it. I yeah. loved doing, I loved playing that game at first. And so, but <laughs> tears would just be pouring out of my eyes, like just pouring out of my eyes. Pouring. And my little brothers just loved it. They thought that yeah. was so funny at the time. And it still happens. Yeah. It's still when we play like Mario Kart or something. It's fantastic. It's still just, I. <laughs> Just starts blowing. Yeah. So it's there's proof. At least I know I'm capable I'm of crying. tears coming out of my eyes. It yeah. just doesn't happen very much. A lot. Yeah. So do you think like with the judges thing mm-hmm. and how kind of like a lot of times it can be interpreted the other way? Do you think that's because as humans, like we want, like we want to be the super that superhero complex. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we want, and we want to we want it to be about what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I think the biggest thing is we want to be the center of the story. Mm. And uh, so we make other people the center of the story when God's really the center mm. of the story. And so if, if we were coming from at judges like that right off the bat, it frees us to look at it from a bigger, you know, bigger view, like up in the air, way a big view yeah. of what's happening. And when we're coming from it, as a that we're the center of the story, then we kind of have to protect and defend these characters, mm. you know. So I remember being shocked reading back through, you know, all my life growing up, kind of hearing about Gideon as this man of faith, and then reading the story and being like, well, Gideon barely had faith, and mm. God would still work. And then at the end of his life, Gideon's like this massive faith failure. Because he literally tells the people that they should be worshiping him. Oof. And I never heard that. Like, yeah. never heard that in church. Um, and so it was just exciting to see that, oh my gosh, this guy's a failure mostly all the way through. Mm. Then is a failure at the end. And he's still in, like, the book of, you know, the hall of faith that yeah. we would call in Hebrews. So God doesn't focus on all those things. Like, mm. God's looking at something else. Um, 
and God's love for us is bigger than we can even imagine, you know. So we're, we focus in on these failures and all these little things, and I'm I'm don't even think God's as concerned about all mm. all of that. Um, but I, I think we make that mistake a lot, and, spe- and especially then too, if you're coming from kind of a standpoint, um, uh, like a legalistic standpoint, where faith is more about what I do for God, then you're the Old Testament's a scary thing to get into because you can twist all those stories to be about, well, look, this is, you know, because they're, they're examples, they're stories, they're whatever, um, and you can make a story kind of mean whatever you want it to mean on yeah. some level. as we were just talking at the start. Yeah, so, yeah, like a number or whatever, and so you can find whatever you want in there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so if you're leaning towards being legalistic, then you're probably going to use those stories to to reinforce, or obviously you are, people have for centuries, this idea of God being mean and, you know, wanting to punish you and um, you having to work really hard for God's love. Yeah. But, again, if you're coming from a different viewpoint, then uh-huh. you're going to see something beautiful, hopefully, yeah. and exciting and so do you think that I don't know if this I I'm I know the answer is probably no which is sucks. But do you <laughs> think you have any audio of you preaching kind of your initial maybe message on judges before the switch like you kind of realize the switch? Probably somewhere. Okay. I I don't I don't know where, but I still have my notes. Do you really? I still do. Yeah, I've saved all my notes, and I and I've looked at them numerous times and been like, I'm throwing this garbage away. No, but I would. I didn't do yeah. it because of that. I was like, I want to remember where I was, and I kind of re- want to remember the bondage I was in mm. at one time. You know, like where my mind was at, um, because now it's so hard on some level to think that way. Again. Yeah. Well, I do. You think it's a safe bet to say that young Andrew would have thought old Andrew was heretic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is a hundred percent. Andrew now, old Andrew, which I don't like talking about myself current as Andrew. old. Current Andrew. Current Andrew thinks current Andrew is a heretic, probably. <laughs> so I, I'm a lot less afraid of that word and, uh, and now probably much more thinking I probably am a heretic. But for sure, my... Um, 18 year old self that thought he was just the stuff for Jesus would be very disappointed in who Andrew is today <laughs> for sure. Oof. I'd probably know. be, I'd be confronting myself all the oh, time man. you just need to have some, some meetings. serious confrontation going on. <laughs> you need some accountability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would definitely, but you still have notes from all the way then. Yeah, I saved all my I've saved every all my message notes. You just have it like in right behind you. Oh my god. <laughs> I was about to I was like you have just in your basement in your house just almost? right there in that file. Makes system. more sense though it would be in this little <laughs> office. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Mhm. Whoa. Yeah, there's some scary stuff in there. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Okay, so and I definitely want to it's a weird thing. This is just going to be like a very miscellaneous episode, so, I think. Yeah. But it's a very weird thing to have, you know. I mean, I think all churches probably record the messages and get those out in different ways. So it's a weird thing to have that through your whole life. There was a season where we weren't recording any messages mm. around here, thank God. But... um but mostly they have been so um but even yeah back to i think i have the first time i ever even spoke at church what yeah like when i was 15 and it was a disaster i think i have that somewhere i i mean i love that you do (laughs) Uh like that that's such a cool thought yeah what'd you what'd you preach about when you were 15 do you remember i didn't even it wasn't even a preaching it was just I had, we had gone on like a youth group trip mm-hmm. and it was sharing. And, and so, okay, you're just going to have to indulge. Everybody's going to have to <laughs> indulge me now. Um, but so, you know, growing up a pastor's kid, there's these expectations that are bogus mm-hmm. that 
that are on you like, oh, you're going to be a good speaker. Or you're going to be a good leader. You're just going to be just like your dad, whatever it would be. Yeah. Definitely had had that in my life, you know, just that expectation. So um, the very first time. Oh, no, no. Okay. So I don't have I don't have this. Okay. I have the second time I ever spoke, which went better than the first okay. time I ever spoke. That's good. Yeah. The first time I ever spoke, I literally froze. So it's like this youth. We were doing this youth camp, mm-hmm. and I was just like fifteen, probably maybe sixteen. Okay. And our youth pastor was like, "How many people do you think were there?" There was probably a hundred and fifty kids there. That's crazy. Yeah, horrible. I mean, awesome, I guess. Yeah, but it was yeah. terrifying. And it was this amazing. All my life, I just seen so many good preachers. Yeah, I've also heard and listened to some horrible preachers. <laughs> But, you know, you in those moments, you're only thinking about the amazing ones you've heard. And um, our youth pastor was like, okay, we did, you know, I want these three people to share tonight before I preach my message. Yeah. So it was only like, I only needed to go like five minutes. And, and I get up there and freeze. Like I could, oh. I could not talk. Like I'm holding the microphone and I cannot talk. I'm just looking around. And I, I'm sure I even opened my mouth and nothing came out. And so everybody's just looking at you. And then you see their... 150 people. Yeah. And then you see their kids. Yeah. So you see some people starting to laugh. And then you see some people just feeling sorry for you. And my friends are out there. And so, like, after... It felt like forever. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, and probably in real time was, was like 20 seconds, which is still a long That's time. a long for time. No, nothing to come out. <laughs> then what came out was like... This is a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of my friends that are like supposed to be rooting me on literally just drop their heads and like in embarrassment and shame. Hopefully all the front row. So it's exactly Yeah, I just oh it was so <laughs> This is bad. a microphone. Yeah. And I, I don't think I said anything intelligible for like a minute and then I just was done. So oh. I probably went a total of a No one came and a half. to save you? Well, that was something okay. coming to save me. Like a minute and a half yeah. in, I had made a disaster of it, and it, I, oh. it was just me, you know, stammering all over myself. It was horrible. You saying you didn't have, you didn't plan that out in your notes that yeah, you come no. out there and have that banger of a. First I didn't even line? have notes at that point because it was. I didn't even know I was going to share. <laughs> oh, so then the thing that I think I have on audio is us coming home from that trip mm. and sharing. And so then at church, which was actually a lot more people, like our church yeah. was a lot more than 150 people at the time, I did much better my second time. Mm. Um, but man, God, it was a disaster. Be... Disaster. Oof. Yeah. As someone who <laughs> hates, or doesn't hate, but gets very nervous mm-hmm. speaking in front of anyone. Yeah. I feel that. Too well. Like, that makes me feel sick. Yeah. Like, my tongue got, like... Oh, yeah. I just couldn't. I I remember trying to talk and nothing coming out. It was amazing. Oh, my God. And, yeah. But that's a... It's a good first story of, like, you know... It didn't stop you. It it did not. It... it, Yeah. I mean... and And that's something I will... I mean, that was a good move by my youth pastor at the time, you know, of... Very, it was maybe three days later, four or five, or four or five. Mm-hmm. Was like, yeah, hey, you're gonna share again at church. So, yeah, like right away, he put me out there again mm-hmm. and pushed me to like Ooh. share. So that was good. Yeah. Do you think if it was the opposite, like, oh, that it only would have got worse in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Like that moment only would have played out over and over and over again. Now, were your friends so, afterwards? Were they sympathetic? They were, were, yes, okay. they were sweet. I just I was the one that saw their actual reaction in real time. Yeah. So they were encouraging, uh, but in real time they were very ashamed of me. <laughs> <laughs> They were disappointed in me at the time. Oof. So funny. So do you like, obviously no, no video here, so no one yes. can see it, but this is like filing cabinets. Mm-hmm. Do you have other notes digitally or cause now you use most of your stuff digitally? Yeah. So yes. Mm-hmm. Do you like preaching digitally like well, on this, the thing yeah. or with notes? Well, so for a long, you know, again, I'm, 
this is dating myself because I'm old, but like started in my 20s. Or 15. And 15, yes. <laughs> but probably really preaching in, in my 20s or, you know, sharing more yeah. often in my 20s. And so back then everything was hand notes. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to type it out with a typewriter or a computer. Like I didn't know how to use a computer really at the time. And then as I, you know, especially even before I was a pastor, I started typing my notes out or, or whatever. So, mm. um, and then I would use those, those notes and stuff. And I've always scripted. So I yeah. think that's a good way to do things because then you have it for years to come, even if you don't follow it necessarily word for word or whatever. Um, so then, yeah. So then I've just always saved them. I'm like, I don't know why I wouldn't. I just think that I, I genuinely think that's so cool because yeah. you could see where you're Cause like, yeah. obviously we would like to be like, I've always been, my beliefs have always been my beliefs. Yeah, definitely. But it's true. just crazy to think of like how different, like yeah. you can believe something so strongly and fully mm-hmm. enough that you'd preach it in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, we just, it, we change. Yep. And we either mature and get, like, new insight or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's. Yeah, and, and hopefully with fit, I mean, again, that's something we've talked about with the whole idea of deconstructing even is, like, as, you know, we're so weird as evangelicals and people, I guess, in general. But, like, we always have to put a name to something. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just changing and growing and relooking at what you believe in. And hopefully I think healthy people and healthy Christians do that. Like mm. to think that you like would fully understand God at one point of your life is so ridiculous at any point of your yeah. life. So why would your faith not change and grow and mm. whatever over time? But yeah, that's my messages are probably as, cl- which is one of the reasons why I've saved them, saved them as close as, like a diary probably as I have because yeah. I don't have a diary or something or, or a journal or whatever. So very much, you know, it's a, it's an interesting insight into would be an interesting insight into me. And those old ones, the old, old ones that I saved. That's it's just so exciting. <laughs> are scary, like scary, <laughs> scary. The stuff that I believed and preached and, I wish I would have saved more things, you know, just mm. other things from that time, maybe like my church notes or whatever. But I, th- I think at some point I was like, I'm burning all this, to, you yeah. know, whatever. But, um, yeah, that, that definitely becomes. And now, like you said, now I preach from an iPad, mm-hmm. but those are they're all saved, saved. digitally, so mm-hmm. they'll be, you know, they're there, they're yeah. somewhere. I also just think it's such a cool. I mean, very sad too, but you're even just saying it like. I think that's the trap that a lot of churches get stuck in is like, I've preached, like I could have preached this year one of the church. Mm -hmm. So this is a part of the, you know, our DNA. Yeah. And that fear of re looking at that Mm -hmm. or going back because this is what's set. Yeah. And this is what we're in. Yeah. But there's like even our own DNA, like that's constantly Mm -hmm. changing. That's a good point. So we should be trying to follow that exact same example. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. Yeah, I I think it's so crazy not to change, Mm. you know, and and I love it gets (laughs) the reason it's embarrassing is like sometimes the stuff that you believed at one point. Yeah. So even when I thought, um, I mean, I've. I, I'm sure someday I'm probably like, I would feel, I feel pretty progressive in my faith right now and always have, uh, or not always, but like since my mid twenties have felt pretty progressive in my faith. Um, but now I'd be like horrified. Some of the stuff I still believed, even when I thought I was progressive. Yeah. So I think faith is this journey it's not it's not about knowing everything it's not about having um god completely figured out or defined it's this mist i i love and i'm loving more and more the older i get embracing the mystery of faith and the mm-hmm. mystery of who god is and that, that's something that the early church and and believers really was important to them like that there's mystery in all this and we don't we're not going to know everything or understand everything or be able to fully, you know, get all of this. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Like mm. The more mysterious God becomes, the bigger God becomes to me too. Yeah. 
no that there's yeah the mystery and there's like a magic there too yeah super absolutely absolutely and i think it's also a cool like just reality in the sense of yeah people like change Mm -hmm. and that's why i think as we talk about the craziness that can Mm -hmm. be the church world now and the the scary positions people get put in are are under like Mm -hmm. that's that's what questioning's for that's what these things are for is because if there is no questioning then you're just going to be like all the notes from when you were you know early teenager like that's not (laughs) gonna go that is scary yeah and and i know people that haven't changed Mm. that that those messages would still be where they're at Mm. and that to me that's very sad and I don't get I don't get that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I I now that we're done you with the intro, me. you know, we're we're ready to get to the actual episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think this is the episode, isn't I, it? I feel like this is now where the probably the closing of episode eight. Okay, yeah, I like that. Well, I did want to oh. you you were getting serious there, okay. and I think that's important too of just to why we're doing this mm. podcasts um, other than to just spend time together, I guess <laughs> we just love spending time together. Um, but I think there's still, again, just, I, I guess I'm just struck by it that there's, there are pastors that feel so stuck to one way of seeing scripture, like change to them is so scary. Um, and they're having to defend stuff that they believed and, bigger than that or worse than that maybe is that they are there's a pressure to never break from mm. what you believe because of the denomination you're a part of because of um who pays your salary because of and so that's part of the reason why we're doing that is ho- doing this is hopefully to encourage you um if there are pastors out there that that are, are stuck in that place and they're afraid to go down that road to make changes or to ask those kind of questions to, we want to be here to help you um, and encourage you to do that. And if you're in in places um, where you're not free to question and you're not free um, to change your beliefs, uh, we, we want to see you get to that place of freedom to do that. Mm. And that goes for pastors. And then that goes for, if on the flip side of that, if you have a pastor who isn't learning and changing and growing in their faith and they're not encouraging you to do the same thing, like that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. So if, if you're somebody out there and you're starting to see some new things in scripture, or you're, um, you know, maybe there's something that we've even said and you're like, oh my gosh. And, and you take that to your pastor and they just try to shut you down. Um, be be aware of that. Let that be kind of a warning sign to you that maybe something's something's off because faith is this incredible exploration of who God is, and there should be a metamorphosis to your beliefs over time. And um, and and even if there isn't change to your beliefs, you should be free to yeah. look at those things. You know don't think i could have said it better myself well thanks so i'll say i'll say i'll be like you said it perfect for both of us no i do think that's really good too though in the sense of like maybe also poking at and calling out some of the people that maybe aren't in leadership roles like mm-hmm. maybe question question are you just sitting there to to have someone tell you how to believe yeah or are you like what do you believe? Yeah. Does that even match with your pastor? Does that even match with your leaders? Yeah. If it does, cool. If it doesn't, like... There should be freedom to be yeah, wherever. a 100%. I think that's some of the beauty of, I, I hope, where the church or at least this deconstruction movement is going on some level is that there hopefully is this embrace that we can believe different things and still be community together. Hmm. Like maybe there's actually beauty in that even that I could go to a church with people that believe drastically different than me about who God is, about what's important about like, you know, how that all plays out 
and we could still love each other, get along, and dialogue about those things. Yeah. Unfortunately, the world right now is in like such a bad place of that if you believe different than me, you're like an enemy, mm. and we're at odds with each other, and we're we need to fight. And there's such beauty in seeing all the different ways people believe. Yeah. Oof. A hundred percent. I know that's a rabbit trail. We don't have to go down. I was right about to now. say that's. Really I good. saw your eyes like dart away. Like, ooh, do we go down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next episode, potentially. Ne- next episode. Let's do this one thing. Got Where it. are we at time wise? Fifty minutes. Fifty minutes. Perfect. Okay. Exciting announcement. So now you get to say exciting. Ex- this I'm so excited. There I've we go. I've been holding in my it. excitement the past I few episodes. It. So, but if you follow us on so- social media, you already know this. The roll pass right Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if by weird chance there's somebody out there listening that you didn't get here from social media or you haven't seen this on social media yet. Um, super excited because we're going to have Tim Whitaker of the new evangelicals here. Yeah. And I'm so pumped about this and discovered Tim kind of right around the time I got on social media, which is less than a year ago. Yeah. And he, he was getting on kind of around the same time he had got been on maybe a few months earlier. And this guy's just this beautiful individual that's out there questioning the church and holding like a place for people to question and dialogue together. And his account went from like zero to he's at over 20,000 people now that follow yeah. him in less than a year. Um, so he's going to be here and we're going to be talking about deconstruction and getting a chance just to know him better and mm. um, chill out and talk and Whatever. I don't yeah. know all the different things ask, we're do. Who knows what questions. Yeah, but ask then, all sorts of questions. Also, if that is something, I don't know if you guys have heard his podcast, awesome, yeah. or seen his social media, but if mm-hmm. you haven't, check it out. And if you have certain questions that you want us to ask him, yeah, let us point. know. Yeah. And, that way we and he can... is just the new evangelicals. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet, do it on Instagram and YouTube and everything. He's on everything. Um, but he'll be here the 18th and 19th, and we're going to be having just an evening. We're calling it an evening of deconstruction with Tim Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> so on that Saturday at uh, 6 o'clock here, we're going to be doing that. And you can get more information about that on Instagram um, or just get a hold of me if you're interested. But we'd love to have, if you're close by, mm. if you're somewhere here in Spokane or the surrounding areas, uh, get over here because it's going to be really fun. Yeah, and we're definitely going to be wanting to do some podcast episodes yes, with him. Absolutely, those probably won't come out uh, those exact yeah. days that he's here with us, but no. they're definitely going to be there, and we will definitely let you know when they're about to release. Yes, and awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for this. I'm looking forward to what you're going to title this. I already got it down. Oh, okay. It's, it's got to be. Is this a microphone? <laughs> I don't see how it could be oh, anything okay. else. I like that. I like that. Until next week, guys. See you later.